It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. You hear the term a lot, herd immunity, but do you understand what it is? Herd immunity, also called a herd effect, or population immunity, it's a form of indirect protection from an infectious disease when a percentage of the population is immune. Now, that happens through different means, vaccination being one of them. But the greater the proportion of immune individuals in a community, the smaller smaller the probability that non-immune individuals will come in contact with an infectious individual. There's a lot more to it. But in the past few weeks, more has begun to develop and report and be reported on after Johns Hopkins and other institutions begin to study herd immunity and COVID-19. So where are we now? Dr. Maria Ryan, Cottage Hospital CEO, co-host of Uncovering the Truth on 77 WABC in New York City, uh, joins me. Maria, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, David. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. It's my favorite show to listen to. You are so knowledgeable about so many things. I had the biggest smile on my face when you were talking about herd immunity that you know so much about it. Well, I did what other people do. I read. I'm not a medical professional, but I have, I have a thinking brain, and I say that to my to everyone everywhere. Just read and learn. Look, I, 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 I took a look at this, but I went wider, Maria. And just using the numbers alone tells me that we are not being uh, at least fully educated or not educating ourselves on this. We have millions of people who've received one dose of a vaccine, more than have received two, but the one dose reduces your ability to contract the virus. If you've had two, then you're almost at zero. Of course, we can never claim 100% because it just doesn't, you can't claim it. But in between are also, you know, the other factors. If you're asymptomatic that means your body is attacking and killing the virus as it would with any that means the strength of the virus is less we have not had fair discussions in the public based on what i've seen and and researched on weaker variants you know we talk we hear about different variants because it seems we have to sell the next fear level which is oh here comes the south african variant it's like the i call it mosquitoes it's like there are mosquitoes ready to sting you and here's the swarm And all of this, when tied together, says we're being sold a fear game now. Am I wrong? You're the medical professional, but I'm just looking at this broadly, and I think fear is probably the biggest seller here. It's been a fear-mongering from almost day one, and I'm concerned because I've seen mental illness, signs of depression and anxiety, even with my own staff particularly my non-medical staff, they, they listen to the radio, listen to television. <clears throat> they hear that the UK variant is more deadly. David, there's no proof of that. There's absolutely no, no proof. We don't even know how many people naturally got COVID and who are immune today. In the beginning, when we didn't have a lot of testing equipment, if people had signs and symptoms of COVID, we would presume they had COVID. We'd tell them to go home, take Tylenol for their fever, isolate, you know, try not to go near anybody, 
please don't go out. And we treated it as if they have COVID, but we have no idea. We don't have any idea of the number of asymptomatic cases as well. So for people to say the only way you can have immunity is by vaccine and we still, you know, whether we have two months to go, four months to go for herd immunity, the science is all about educated guesses. So again, we don't know how many people naturally acquired immunity. We do know how many people are getting vaccinated. And as you said, Pfizer and Moderna have high numbers of efficacy in the high 90s. So the likelihood that they contract COVID is very minimal. And if they do, the symptoms aren't going to be much at all. Controversy around Johnson & Johnson. Now, I got a letter from my bishop that said absolutely Catholics do not touch Johnson & Johnson because some of the ingredients, per se, came from aborted babies. Um, So there's one factor there about the Johnson & Johnson. The good thing about Johnson & Johnson is it is a one-shot. So you think about the transient population who may at one point in time agree if they would like a, a vaccine. You may never see them again. So it's really good for those populations or other people who just fear getting a shot and they only want one shot. The, the issue is it's, you know, 60, 70 percent effective. So you your chances of getting COVID are a little bit higher than with Pfizer or Moderna. But what they are saying is we guarantee 100 percent we're going to keep you out of the hospital. So that's the other thing. There's so many multifactorial things that are being fed to the population. One is a lot of fear and misinformation. The other thing is being people thinking, I'm going to get a vaccine, and I, that means I'll never get COVID. Listen, COVID is, is here for a while. You know, you may get it. You're not going to die. You know, the numbers show us the data. Talk about following the, the science. You may get it, but you're going to recover. It's very unlikely that you're going to die from, from COVID-19. So we got to go on and live. And you know what? You may get it like you may get a cold. You may get influenza. And if you get it, hide away for a little while so you don't pass it on. And you know what? We, we've got to open up our economy. We've got to open up living. The mental health, depression, suicide, anxiety numbers, especially amongst teenagers, is staggering. And I blame the fake media. And in some ways... I don't want to come on your show to be controversial, but I'm very upset and and disappointed in the Biden administration because that's all they talk about and talk about how bad it is. They're not following science. They're certainly not following science when it comes to opening schools. And we've done our children the biggest disservice I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I don't know if it's controversial, Maria, to say this about the Biden administration, because I'll give you an example. And I noticed this, uh, whether it was Valentine's Day with President Biden and Jill Biden, his wife, who have been inoculated. They were walking out on the White House lawn. It's a big area. I know the area. It's wide open grass away from everyone with masks on while sharing coffee. So political marketing. But yet yesterday, Kamala Harris finally spoke and addressed 
a camera, I guess, if you will, and some reporters without a mask on for the first time that I've seen publicly. So they're playing a political game which pushes the fear pushes this yeah. mask up agenda over the reality and also the other thing taking you know taking the time to educate yourself if you have issues and you have obesity issues we are now seeing the Johns Hopkins report on obesity that 2.2 to of the 2.5 million I'm going the round numbers in deaths were tied to people with obese problems. We have an obese population in the U.S. And, we have an, and, and in the U. Now. in the U.K. So this these are the issues that add to the you know the comorbidity uh, debate around COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, we have seen that. I'm glad you brought that up. People say, well, what if, what about these comorbidities? And you know, only the elderly have the high mortality rate. That is a fact. Only the elderly really have the high mortality rate. But, 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 we know adults can, can get severe COVID symptoms and maybe end up hospitalized if they have obesity. We are really seeing the obesity link with getting more severe disease, but we've also seen obesity rise with these lockdowns. We should have been saying from the beginning, and I would try to tell people, you know what, don't stay in your house. Go out, have some walks, eat well, stay healthy, and that is the best thing you can do for your immune system. I don't mean to be um, a braggart with this, but I happen to be around some people who were COVID positive, quite, quite a few people. I never contracted it. I would get tested repeatedly, and I think it's because... Number one, for a little bit of time, I was on prophylactic hydroxychloroquine. But every day I took zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and I tried to live my best life. I didn't let COVID-19 get me down. Really, everything I've ever done in life, I continued to do. I just felt that, you know what, I'm pretty healthy. If I get it, I get it. And I do have an elderly father. I'll just be cautious with him. You know, and he was cautious. He was nervous to get it because he's 86 years old. So when I saw him, I made sure I wore a mask. I didn't get too close. I didn't hug him. I didn't kiss him. But you know what? I took my daddy out to eat. <laughs> and I continued because in New Hampshire, we, we got to do that. We got to live. And, um, and, and everything's fine. You just have to be careful who you're around. But my best suggestion is, you know what? Buck the trend and be healthy. And if you want to get inoculated, meaning getting the vaccine, get the vaccine. You can get it really. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do hear about states having a hard time with the distribution. And I guess I'm lucky to live in New Hampshire. If you want to get the vaccine, you can get the vaccine. <laughs> oh, find find a way to get it, even if you can't travel, yep. you know, <clears throat> excuse me, get on the list. I want to go. I want to go back to this uh, immunity, herd immunity by the numbers. And this goes back to Dr. Mark uh, Makery. I always want to put an R in there uh, Mm -hmm. from Johns Hopkins and what he reported on their studies. 
uh, he, he estimates that we'll have herd immunity by April, uh, that the number of people who've recovered from coronavirus infection and likely have some immunity is 6.5 times the 28 million confirmed cases. Start doing the round numbers on that. That's about 55% of Americans with a natural immunity. If you combine that, yeah with the 150 million people that they expect to have vaccinated by the end of March because of Operation Warp Speed and what it brought us to. That means that we're pretty close to full herd immunity threshold. And you look at examples around the world, the the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, uh, declaring just within the last couple of days that they're the first military in the world with herd immunity, 81% already protected in some way, infected, protected, or inoculated. So, you know, this isn't just in the U.S. We're seeing, you know, growth, and this is in other countries as well, including the U.K., where they're finally starting to admit that, well, you know, maybe it's not as bad as we thought. The NIH started to pull <laughs> back on the death knell of the country. Yes. And we know in the United States, we've had a lot of controversy on how people reported death. And I'm keeping a list of things that I hope we learn from as a country, not to point fingers, just we need to be better and better when we handle a pandemic. Um, But every state had their own criteria for reporting a death. Finally, many, many months into it, the CDC came out with some criteria how to report a death. But we know there's been a lot of controversy in New York that they were reporting a COVID death. Say you have somebody who is in a in a traumatic car accident and they have multi-organ, you know, uh, injuries and they die. They're 30 years old. They die. Well, ha- well, they're doing their testing. They happen to test for COVID and the person has COVID. They didn't die from COVID. They died from those organs being tra- <laughs> being traumatized and probably bled out, but they were being reported as a COVID death. So we know some of our reports are inaccurate. Um, but yes, getting back to the herd immunity, there's so much of the population that was asymptomatic. We know definitely people in their 20s, were, 20s and 30s were the age group that didn't show symptoms. But if they had immunity testing, they did have antibodies to it. So we don't even know. So the physician is making the best educated guess that by April, I think it's going to be more towards June, just being a little bit more conservative with the numbers. But definitely by summer, there should be nothing holding us back to return to normal. Heck, I even say right now we should return to normal because you know what? If if you get it and you're healthy, you have that natural immunity. The one thing, David, we don't under we don't know with either natural immunity or even with the vaccine, how long will we have those antibodies? We just don't know. It but we can't plan to year. destroy the economy, the country, our lives. Right. We can't avoid cancer screenings, breast cancer screenings, colon cancer screenings. We can't shut down uh, child care or access to child care uh, with or seniors for that matter, because you use most of your, uh, you know, you use most of the healthcare system in your senior years because of something we don't know. 
And that's been my issue with this is something we don't know we're assigning a definite value. When I say we, the political leaders, the decision makers up there, they're assigning that. And we do know that if you're not tested early, if there's a history of cancer in your family or of heart disease or of other issues, uh, that that progresses and you pay a price, so the country pays a price on the macro view of that. Uh, Dr. Maria Ryan, CEO of Cottage Hospital and a radio host. She's stepping into my world. I don't step into yours. I don't have the training to go there and never will. Well, you're in trouble. Boy, are you in trouble then. All right. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, David. All right, her show again, co-host of Uncovering the Truth on 77 WABC. I I always like saying that. Old school station. Quick break, 866-95-PATRIOT. I'll be right back. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125. 